When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. You know, on draft day, I could feel a little bit overwhelmed because of all the information that's flying at us. And then I got Greg's email this morning, and I felt really overwhelmed with the <laughs> 15 million nuggets that Greg has for all of you today. This show is going to be a lot of fun as we get ready for the draft happening tonight. And of course, listen, we are recording this in the morning. It's going to be released some point in the afternoon. We both understand that Mm -hmm. things can happen from now until the release. So if so, you know, just try to use this as a guide and understand that some things might have already happened. With that said, let's jump right into it because we have a lot to get to. Greg, everybody is talking about the Patriots. And I'm not just saying that because this is a Patriots podcast. But you look at ESPN, you look at Twitter, everything online, a lot of people trying to figure out what the Patriots are going to do. The vast majority of mock drafts today say the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback, whether that's moving up to draft a guy or sticking and picking at 15. Mm -hmm. I want to know first, How many people do you think right now are in the Patriots war room, so to speak, and have a clear idea as to the team's plan at the quarterback position? This will be surprising to a lot of people, Nick. And it was surprising to me. And look, just to give people a little inside baseball sort of thing. uh, Basically what I've spent the last 24, 48 hours is just checking in with a variety of sources around the league. What are you hearing about the Patriots? you know, including sources with the Patriots or around the Patriots, you know, what's going on? How do you feel about this? Do you think the Patriots are, uh, have they called you about moving up here? Do you think they will? All this stuff. Probably the number one most surprising thing that I have learned in my conversations in the last 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours is this. I think only two people associated with the Patriots know their true feelings on the quarterbacks. Two. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. That's it. I don't think, I don't think Dave Ziegler knows. I would be mildly surprised or I I don't think Robert Kraft knows to tell you the truth. And look, it's possible that Robert knows, um, you know, because he is the owner. Maybe he finds out today. I don't know. Robert, for a couple of reasons, I'm not surprised by this because Robert doesn't really butt his head into this stuff all that much and also the other thing is if anybody's going to leak what the patriots are doing you know sorry it's going to be craft it's going to be 
somebody from his circle is going to talk to somebody at ESPN or what have you and leak what the Patriots are thinking. And I could tell you this, Nick, this is the tightest circle Bill Belichick has ever had in recent memory about what the Patriots are going to do at the top of the draft. I mean, seriously, I think only, only Belichick and McDaniels know the organization's true feelings on the quarterbacks and where they might pick X, Y, and Z at quarterback. Could they trade up for Justin Fields? Yes, it's possible. Could they stay and pick Justin Fields or Trey Lance? Yes, it's possible. Could they trade back maybe and get somebody? Yes, it's possible. I think this is all designed, Nick. It's designed for a couple different reasons. Number one is, you know, they just want to be cloak and dagger with what they're going to do in the draft. They hate when they they don't want anybody to know what they're going to do. They want to be completely unpredictable. Number two, the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff is still out there. And if, if their intentions are leaked one way or the other, what they're going to do, that could give San Francisco an edge in the negotiations. And I think the Patriots want to stay closed lip with that also. Right. So people, I'm not, I'm not saying this to throw cold water on anybody's reports. I don't know what anybody's reporting. Really. I don't really care. Um, I don't pay attention to all the Twitter rumors. I am not a Twitter reporter who I live all day on Twitter and base everything else, what's going on on Twitter. I don't. I go get my own information. So I don't know what's being reported. All I can tell you is what I have learned, and this is all my comment is about. The Patriots are a complete lockbox in terms of what they're doing with the draft quarterbacks. And and if I were you, I'm not saying you should do this, but if I were you, I wouldn't pay much attention to the Patriots are looking to trade up for this guy or that guy. Nobody knows. It's a complete, it's a complete crap show in terms of what the Patriots are going to do. They're a complete unknown, and I think Belichick loves that. All right, so let's move on to the next question. We look at these quarterbacks in the draft. Obviously, Lawrence goes one, Wilson goes two. The three guys that are left, Fields, Lance, and Jones. Do you think the Patriots have eliminated one of those guys from contention? Out of the top five? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, out of the top five, uh, it it depends. Like, if the first two are gone, right, as, as we right. think, the the three remaining guys are Lance, Fields, and Jones. Do you think the Patriots would be interested in all three of those guys remaining, or do you think they've already eliminated one or two of those three remaining? I think this. I think, and again, look, <laughs> going off my own report, I I don't know anything. I am seriously doing a lot of between the lines readings with people that I've talked to around the team. Fair enough. I think that the Patriots where they are at 15, I think there are three quarterbacks in this draft that they would draft from 15 and higher. Uh, I think it's Lawrence. I think number two for them might be Mac Jones. And I think Zach Wilson is possible, but I'm not sure on him. Um, As far as his size and things like that, I, I don't know. I don't know if he would have a high grade from them. I think he would, but I'm, I, I just don't know. But I think, in my opinion, in the top 15, I think that the Patriots have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones as their top three, as guys' top half of the first round. Justin Fields and Trey Lance, I think they like both guys. I have no clue where they like them. I go back to the Mike Lombardi 
you know, reading from the Patriots sort of handbook or Cleveland Browns handbook on evaluations about, you know, this player needs to be top 10 at their position. I have heard this chatter, Nick, in, in regards to this. The biggest comps to the NFL, in my opinion, for or the, what I have heard from people, Justin Fields, it's Russell Wilson. Uh, Trey Lance, it's Dak Prescott. Yep. Okay. Where were those guys drafted? The third and the fourth round. And so do I think that they have third and fourth round grades from the Patriots? No. But I think that gives you a little bit of insight that that's where these guys are viewed, that they're developmental prospects. These are not guys that are just going to walk in and start for the Patriots. I don't think Justin Fields or Trey Lance would start for the Patriots at all this year. And I think that affects how they draft in the top half of the first round. I think that, you know, you could say, well, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott would go top five now if you redrafted. Yes, that's hindsight. That's with, you know how they play in the pros. You still don't know how Justin Fields and Trey Lance are going to play in the pros. You could say those are their comps, but that doesn't mean they're going to become those guys. You know, do I think Justin Fields, do I think both of those guys have a good shot to be top 10 quarterbacks? Yes, but I think it's an issue of timing with the Patriots. And to me, I look, I could be completely wrong on this. And again, it's just a guess. I don't think they have a top 15 grade on either of those guys. Very interesting. Okay, so with that said, I know you mentioned just a few minutes ago, you don't really pay attention to the Twitter noise. I don't know if you're looking at mock drafts or not. So, you know, a number of these mock drafts have the Patriots going quarterback. And to do so, they move up to draft a quarterback. It's not just sticking mm-hmm. and picking at 15 and having Jones fall into their lap or Justin Fields falling into their lap. For example, Mel Kuyper this morning has the Patriots moving up to seven to draft Trey Lance. Todd McShay has the Patriots sticking and picking at 15 and landing Mac Jones at that position. So Mm -hmm. if you tell me Fields and Lance are not necessarily guys that the Patriots would have in the top 15, then I ask you, overall, what are the chances of the Patriots trading up in this draft tonight? I think they're decent, Nick, but and I've been working my way through this. I'm like halfway through sort of my draft preview column. And this is the part where I sort of left off before preparing for the podcast. Um, So this is, I keep coming back to that Lombardi snippet where he talks about this player is top 10 at his position in the NFL. And say the, say, say the quarterbacks are overdrafted. You know, we know that they're going to be they're going to push down some good players. When I think about the Patriots, who I'm trying to think, who do I think they have that sort of grade on in the draft? And right. I'm not I'm not completely done with my list, but the list that I have are I think Trevor Lawrence. I don't think any of the other quarterbacks are really right there as far as top ten tomorrow. I just don't. I don't think you could put Zach, uh, Zach Wilson there. I don't think that you could put Mac Jones there. I think by the end of the season, they could get there. But I'm talking about no doubt tomorrow, walk into the NFL, they're top 10 at their position. I think it's Trevor Lawrence. I think it's Kyle Pitts. I think it's Jamar Chase. I do think Devontae Smith would have that type of grade for them. Interesting. I think that, 
at least Rashawn Slater at offensive tackle, if not Sewell. And I think Patrick Sertan at cornerback. And this is my thinking, Nick. And let me and give me your thoughts on this. In my conversation with people around the Patriots, I keep hearing we just need to go get a couple good players that can help us right away. That like that's the goal. You know, get a couple good guys and then whatever have you in later on in the draft, you know, fill some special teams and depth spots, whatever. Um in terms of the Patriots getting those guys and what they need, to me, it makes sense that they could trade up. They could trade up and either pick a cornerback or an offensive tackle. That right. they see a guy that, and and especially cornerback, maybe not offensive tackle, I'm not sure. Even though, look, they spent premium picks and also money on offensive tackles. Nate Solder was, I think, 17th overall. Um. Could I see the Patriots making a little bit of a leap? Maybe um, I'm just calling up the the draft order right now. But in terms of what will help them, I think cornerbacks up there. And I wonder if they would trade up to some point if, say, Sertan, who um, I, I covered his dad, he's got great bloodlines, Alabama, he's ready to play. He's ready tomorrow to play. Yeah, and good. I think he could – I think he could be a top 10 guy tomorrow. And you also have the Stefan Gilmore stuff that's out there. And the J.C. Jackson, you know, and, 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 and I don't know this, but from the outside looking in and what J.C.'s done with his Instagram and things like this, I get a, I get a Malcolm Butler vibe from J.C. Jackson that he's looking to get paid, which he should yeah. after this season and probably why they haven't reached a contract extension agreement yet. And you know Belichick's like, I ain't going through this again. With like with Malcolm Butler, and look, what have they done? The pay. What have the Patriots done traditionally at cornerback? I mean, first of all, they've never really won a Super Bowl without a stud cornerback. Okay, it was Ty Law, it was Revis, it's been Gilmore, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. You know your Patriots history a little bit better than I do. And where have they spent a lot of money outside of corner a uh, quarterback? They paid Revis a lot for that one season. Um, Gilmore, we know they paid top of the market when they got him from the Bills. So that's that's a position where they're spending money. They're putting assets. To me, if if Sertan and or JC Horn, and I don't know this, I'm just I think I think Horn's a good player. He might be more of top 20 player than top 10. But I think if you get beyond, so Atlanta probably takes. Pitts, uh, the tight end. Yep. yep. Cincinnati takes maybe Chase, probably Chase. Chase. Or, yeah, I think Chase or one of the tackles. Yeah. Yep. Miami takes. I'm thinking um, Waddle or Devontae Smith. Yep. Probably. Yeah. Say say Waddle. Detroit goes with. Uh, the, I think they could go with the other tackle. I think yep. they could. I think they could surprise people, and even draft Micah Parsons there. I, I think they mm -hmm. could even surprise some people and say, all right, well, we just lost Galladay and others. We need a primetime wide receiver. And if Chase and Waddle are already off the board, I could easily see them go with Devontae Smith. I think they're kind of open, but my guess right now, I would go with a tackle. Yeah. So say we get to the eight, nine range, you know, in Dallas, everybody knows this sort of Dallas is going to pick a cornerback. Yep. 
and say Sertan is dropping a little bit because of the quarterback push and the Patriots trade up, I could see them going for a premium player like that, like cornerback or offensive tackle. Because I think you get Patrick Sertan and you put him in here, you're a better team. You have flexibility with Gilmore and Jackson. Like, to me, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I just keep coming back to if the Patriots trade up, I don't think it's necessarily for a quarterback. I think they could go in a direction. And I think cornerback and offensive tackle with the Isaiah Wynn and the Trent Brown situation, uh, I think they could I think they could go to either of those spots earlier in the draft. And that's sort of, you know, where I am on that. All right, let me add some context to that because I think there's a lot to be said. Number one, we've heard that, yes, Dallas wants to go with a corner at 10. We've heard as late as this morning that Philadelphia is trying to move up. Now, some people thought Philly was trying to move up to get a quarterback. That never really made sense to me because they moved out of six. If you want a quarterback, why would you be moving out of six down to 12 unless you absolutely knew that quarterback was going to fall to you? That's a little bit too much of a risk and a gamble to me. And when you look at Philly's roster, some of the needs that they have, you could say they need offensive line help for sure. They need a cornerback, and you could argue they could get another receiver. Now, if you believe, because they drafted Jalen Rager last year in the first round, that they're going to stay away from wide receiver this year in the first round, that leaves you with tackle cornerback. It makes a lot of sense to me that Philly could be trying to move up ahead of Dallas to draft a corner. So now Mm -hmm. you, you think of it that way, right? And so you think... Okay, if you have Horn and Sertan as your two top corners, which a lot of people do because Farley is injuries, if those are your top two corners and those guys are going to go in the top 10 or 11 picks and Belichick is looking corner, what you just said makes a hell of a lot of sense. And I would also add this. Maybe just maybe all of the stuff, all of the smoke that's been out there regarding the Patriots moving up to draft fields, which has really picked up steam over the last mm-hmm. 24, 36 hours. It's a smokescreen, baby. Good yeah. old smokescreen. And maybe Belichick does want to move up, but his intention is not to draft fields. So they throw the fields name out there. So other teams like Dallas and Philly don't have maybe as much urgency to move up. Belichick yep. sneaks up to eight beats out Philly and Dallas and drafts Sertan. That kind of theory, if you connect some of the dots, it would make a lot of sense, Greg. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, it's just something I kept after my conversation. It's something I came back to. And also, you know, and this relates to, I'm sure something that we'll get in is the Garoppolo stuff is the way the Patriots feel right now is they are not, they are not going to force the issue at quarterback. If, for some reason, one of the quarterbacks that's an apple of their eye falls for some reason. Yes, they could go up and get him. Um, could they take them at 15? Yes. But I've been told repeatedly, and I think even Mike, Mike Reese reported this this morning, that the Patriots are just, they're not going to force the issue at quarterback. And so to me, that leads me to look into what have been the other premium positions for the Patriots. And to me, cornerback is number one I think offensive tackle is number two as far as where they need help um in in the next year or two those are the two positions that stand out to me all right let's jump to Jimmy G and some of the quarterback Mm -hmm. talk uh as far as outside of the guys who we're looking at in this draft 
So Adam Schefter, this is interesting to me. I think it's rather transparent. I don't know how you <laughs> feel. But so Schefter goes on WEEI yesterday morning, and he says it's the Patriots or nobody for Jimmy G. 24 mm-hmm. hours later, Schefter tweets out, multiple teams are expected to call San Francisco. Multiple teams are interested in mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Call me crazy, Greg. Call me crazy. <laughs> but uh, I read that as the Patriots get information to Schefter, and Schefter says, you know, it's it's the Patriots or nobody. I mean, who, who mm-hmm. else is going to trade for, for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yep. San Francisco hears that. They get their information to Schefter and say, <laughs> are you kidding me? The lines are burning up. We got five, six yep. teams that are interested in this guy. What do you think is going on there with, with Jimmy G right now? What I think is going on is one big-ass pissing match between <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, a good old, and- a good old sword <laughs> fight, baby. Everybody's got him out. <laughs> Seriously, everybody's got him out, putting out the fire that just started in the weeds over there. That's what it's Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick right now. It reminds me of, God, it reminds me so much of the old Bill Belichick and Tom Condon oh. pissing matches, especially over Brandon Lloyd. I don't know if we've talked about this before, <laughs> Nick, but that offseason, I just remember, we all knew that Brandon Lloyd was going to sign with the Patriots, but it took forever. Why? Because Bill Condon and, and uh, Tom Condon and Bill Belichick just don't like each other. They're two <laughs> stubborn mules, and Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan are both stubborn mules. Like, I don't think I have a little bit of background information on this, but I don't think Kyle Shanahan likes Bill Belichick all that much. Um, the old man might. Mike Shanahan likes Bill. And so they sort of have some sort of relationship, but I think it's almost grudgingly. And also I don't, I think Kyle maybe sort of has a little resentment towards Bill because Kyle was going to go for Kirk Cousins that off season that, uh, that uh, they, once they got through that season, they were going to go for Kirk Cousin. Right. Bill called, offered Garoppolo. They were like, we can't really pass this up. And so Shanahan missed his chance at Kirk Cousins, and so it's not directly related to Bill, but I think there's a little built-up resentment there. But I think I don't think Shanahan's all that crazy about Bill Belichick, and I think that both of these guys are just they're just facing off over this. They won't come to their senses and reach a, a compromise. And, and I think the the reports that we have seen lately, I think Gasper had one this morning. I think somebody else did as well but from what i've heard um i, I think tony maserati had had a source telling him that garoppolo wants to come back here i can tell you this i have heard that since that kyle shanahan press conference the other day which we talked about on tuesday garoppolo and his camp are not happy with the 49ers yeah i wouldn't be They're, happy if somebody wished death on me yeah yeah I wouldn't. pretty much yeah <laughs> i mean they they didn't like a lot of the answers you know the first press conference a couple months ago was fine. They talked to Jimmy. Then all of a sudden they come out and they're like, yeah, well, we knew we needed to go get a starting quarterback and we're confident we did that. And also, you know, are, are you confident Jimmy's going to be on the roster? Well, I don't know if any of us are going to be alive on Sunday. You know, like they're pissed off. And now I think the Garoppolo camp is trying to shove the 49ers into a trade with the Patriots. But the 49ers, Nick, will not come off their asking price. They want a second-round pick for Garoppolo. 
And the way the Patriots view this is, look, you know, you had to pay a second round. First of all, he was cheap. You didn't have to do anything with his contract at the time. Now the guy has been hurt two of the past three years. He's he's getting paid $25 million. We're doing you a favor taking that money off of your books if we do that. Why would we ever give you a second round pick after what, you know, Wentz and Teddy Bridgewater? Now we know Garoppolo is better than Teddy Bridgewater, but why would we? He just went for a six round pick and he was getting a crap load of money. Right. And the Panthers ate some of the money yep. and are still only getting a six round pick. Yep. So why in the hell would Jimmy be worth a second round pick? All right. So you know what? If you're if you're going to continue to dick around with this, then we're not going to pay you what you want. And eventually, guess what? You're going to have to release him because we ain't trading for him in June. You're going to have to you're going to have to let go of him. So why are we going to overpay now when everybody knows you're going to have to release him because Mac Jones is going to be your starter? And Jimmy's not going to be happy. And all of a sudden, you're going to have divisions within camp. I'm Team Jimmy. I'm this. You got Kittle and whoever, you know, picking sides. It's not going to be good for anybody. It's not just what we talked about after the trade with the 49ers. It's not tenable. And so either Shanahan, Shanahan, it's all Shanahan. He is being a stubborn mule about this. If he comes to his reality, this deal gets done in the next 24, 48 hours. But if it doesn't, Nick, the Patriots are moving on. It's it's shit or get off the pot time. Sorry, yeah. excuse my French. It's okay. And, you can say let let it fly. It's draft day. Let it fly, it, baby. It needs to get done, or else the Patriots are in the. I just think the 49ers are being stupid. They're yeah. being dumber than Belichick was that off season when he should have traded Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. We're not trading for now. All of a sudden, Shanahan is making the same mistakes Belichick did. They should be smarter than this. They've lost all their leverage. Just do the deal and get it over with, and everybody can get on with their lives. Yeah, and and listen, you know when you when you look at the situation, I've said this for months now. What would I be willing to give up for Jimmy G? The best I'd be willing to give up for him is the compensatory pick in the third round. That's it. That, mm-hmm. that that's as high as I'm going. And you know what? Since I've seen the Bridgewater deal, I might have to give less now. If I'm Belichick, it might be one of my fours. Like, get out of my face, Kyle Shanahan. And what's what's hilarious about the whole handling of this situation is, as you said, Greg, San Francisco goes out there on Monday, and again, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, and none of it makes sense. They try to tell you they love Jimmy Garoppolo in one sentence. Then the next sentence is, he's always hurt, and we yep. like five guys in this draft. So what yep. you just told me, Shanahan, is that, you love Jimmy G, and it's really hard to say goodbye to a quarterback like him. However, you needed a starting quarterback, number one. Number two, Jimmy G is brittle. And number three, you wanted to replace Jimmy G so much so that you saw five guys at that position in this draft that you would rather have than Garoppolo. So mm-hmm. y- you tried to build his value, and then you just pooped on his value. Like, it makes no sense. And if you're Belichick, you have, to me, I would have 0.0 urgency to give Shanahan anything more than a four. And maybe just maybe you can creep me up to that compensatory pick at 96. Other than that, conditional. I'm not yeah. doing a deal. I, I'm yeah, just conditional. I, I was yeah, just going to say conditional or also. Look, if the if you can get the 49ers, which considering the pissing match, I don't think they're going to do. But if you could get the 49ers to um, 
you know, pay, you know, knock down the price a little bit as far as Jimmy by paying him a bonus. All right. right. Well, we'll give you right now. It's a fourth. It could be an optional two or three, depending on playing time and stuff like that. That's fine. But I feel like you ever see the movie Copland with uh, Sly Stallone no. and I don't De Niro? Think I no? Maybe, maybe oh. I have. I don't know. It's, it's old. I don't Michael know. Rappaport. Great little movie. You should watch it. People out okay. there, you should watch it. I but there's I'm a scene in it. <laughs> there's a scene in that movie where, you know, basically Sly Stallone as the, as the cop of this town in New Jersey where all these New York City cops live. Um, De Niro's IAB from New York. And he yep. wants them to help him. And, you know, Stallone doesn't help him. Then all of a sudden he comes in one day and he's like, I have information for you. I want to help you. And De Niro's like, you blew it. Like you had a chance <laughs> yeah, to be a cop and yeah. you blew it. I feel I like Shanahan me. with yep. this, like you had a chance to be a smart GM and a really good football guy. And guess what? You blew it. You blew it. Yep. And it's, I mean, I don't know what the San Francisco thing is. So if you, they dealt as much as they dealt to get up to three, which is fine. Like if you, if you are absolutely in love with a dude, like if you are sitting there and you're looking at the film and you say, holy shit, I've got to move up and deal what I've got to deal to get that guy. Okay, fine. Even if I disagree with your evaluation on the player, I'm a big believer in if you have a guy that you love, especially at that position, and you move up to get him, you move up to get him because I'd rather give up maybe a little too much and get my guy than let my guy go somewhere else. So I get that. But this idea that they they made that move and gave up as much as they gave up to get to three, and then they have five guys on the list, then why did you trade so early? Why did you give up so much? Mm-hmm. It's It's – I don't know what the hell he's trying to do. Um, I, I I have not understood what Shanahan's been doing publicly really since the last year and a half when, when they kept going out there and, and throwing bouquets at, at Garoppolo and all of their actions yep. told you that they didn't really like the guy. So mm-hmm. I don't think they have much uh, leverage whatsoever. I think Shanahan's overplaying his hand. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some, you know, mystery team is going to jump in. But after looking right. at that Bridgewater deal, man, listen, Kyle, you got to eat some of the money, and I'll give you a four. Maybe you can talk me into the compensatory three, or this is what we'll do. I'll trade you a fourth-round pick for 2022. Conditionally, it can jump to a three if the guy makes 14 starts, whatever it is. Maybe we'll have that conversation. But if you want a pick from this draft, I'm giving you a four. Maybe you can make me bend for that compensatory. All right, so that's that's the Jimmy G stuff. The Panthers trade uh, Teddy Bridgewater, as we just mentioned. There's been talk about the Patriots and Carolina having conversations about that eighth pick. And there was even a report earlier this week that there had been some quote-unquote groundwork done on that deal that would allow the Patriots to move up to eight. The thought process was it was fields, but as we've discussed, maybe it's not, maybe it's a corner. Do you think Carolina, Greg, is open to play ball with the Pats. As of last night, and I have a good source around the Panthers. Um, as people remember, I was even before the end of the season, I was saying they're done with Teddy Bridgewater. It's over. Yep. They're getting a new. They're getting a new quarterback. Um, as of last night, uh, I asked. I said, "Could the Patriots come up to your spot? Are they? You know, do you guys have something worked out?" And they said, 
No, not not of as at this time. So I don't, you know, good. Are there is there familiarity there with the Patriots and the Panthers? And, and could a deal get done? Yes. Do I think that the groundwork has been laid for the Patriots to all of a sudden jump up there right now? No, I don't think so. All right. Next question. Uh, you're hearing some rumblings around the league about people being a little perturbed with Billy Belichick with good old Billy B. Yeah. So they're a little frustrated. Uh, when I read your note this morning in the email, it reminded me some of Danny Ainge and some of the stuff that yeah. we've heard about Ainge and the Celtics and, and how GMs around the league are a little frustrated with Ainge because of, you know, the asking prices and, and how tough it is to swing a deal with him. What are you hearing about Belichick specifically that's irritating some people? Yeah, I just got some I just got some comments in the last day or so about um you know, doing deals with the 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 Patriots and this could be I assume it's related to the 49ers and maybe this is the 49ers talking to people around the league, but also some of it is people's own dealings with the Patriots over the past couple of years is that, you know, they're just they're kind of they're 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 sick of dealing with Bill because it's just been you know, like you talk about the value and all this and, and, you, you know, it, it, and it surprised me a little bit because in the past I've heard that Bill's pretty much, he's an easy guy to deal with because he knows the value pretty well. Maybe it's that other people, and I think you're getting this with less experienced front offices and less experienced general managers that they all have a certain value and it's overvalued where Bill at the end of the day, I mean, look at the 49ers. Bill's going to be right at the end of the day about what the price should be on Garoppolo. And is is that that they're not coming to the deal? Is that Belichick's fault or is that Shanahan's fault? I think it's Shanahan's fault. And so, you know, maybe this the, the grumbling that I'm hearing around the league about Bill is actually these people being wrong and, and not having the right value where if they just realize that Bill's not trying to take you, he's just giving you harsh reality then maybe he's right and you should just wise up. That's what I think. <laughs> Last one. It's a quick one before we get to our predictions for tonight. Uh, several weeks ago, one of the guys that was being mentioned at 15 for the Pats was Micah Parsons. He's a very good athlete, linebacker. People think that he has the talent to be a top 10 guy. Uh, there are questions about his off the field activity. There was a hazing situation, which he was smack dab in the middle of. So there have been questions about his maturity. Uh, if Parsons falls to 15, what are you hearing about him as a possibility for New England? Look, could they take him? Yes. But I'm just telling you what I have heard is that I do not think he is under consideration for the Patriots. I don't know the reasons for that. I don't know if it's the off-field stuff. I don't know if it's his opt-out. I don't know if it's whatever, his play, and that it doesn't fit with the Patriots, that he's too much of a freelancer and couldn't really get their system. I don't know. I can just tell you what I've been told, and this could be wrong, um, is that Michael Parsons is not under consideration for the Patriots. Hmm. Interesting. Wipe him off the board, Greg. Wipe him off the <laughs> board. All right, let's get to predictions now. Here we go, baby. Quick hit, then we'll get to the member question of the day. Uh, we've given you so much information, we as in Greg, in this podcast. I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. Uh, okay, Greg, do the Patriots trade up? Stay at 15 or trade down? I think the Patriots have discussions 
about trading up for a cornerback at some point, but they do not pull the trigger. It's too rich for them, and they they end up trading down in the draft. I agree with you. <laughs> That's my exact answer. I think they want to move up if the price is right. Uh, I don't think they can work out a deal. Thomas Dimitrov uh, on, on a podcast with Tom Curran recently said, you know, everybody talks about trading down from the top five or six or seven. It's really difficult to do. It's so much easier to trade down when you hit like 20, when you're between the 20 and 30 range. I think they would like to move up. I don't think it happens. I think they end up moving down. I, I'm with you. All right, so they moved down in the first round. With that said, who was their pick? You know, and th this is going to disappoint people and probably you too, Nick. But when I wrote this email, I thought I was going to be further along with um, my mock, mock drafts and stuff. So uh, I I'm going to have to apologize in advance and just say I might have a different pick for this because as soon as we're done with the podcast, I'm going to A, finish my pre-draft column, B, go through the whole mock draft thing. So I, I, I don't know where I am right now, but uh, I don't think it's going to be Farley. I think he's, he's going to be more of a second round guy for them. I don't think it's going to be Phillips. I don't think it's going to be away. I think that Zayvon Collins is a possibility for them. Uh, the linebacker out of Tulsa, if they trade back, um, and I don't know, I'm trying to think, outside of Horn and Sertan, I don't think there are really any cornerbacks there that they would take, uh, say, in the right 20s. Northwestern, the kid Newsom. Yeah, yeah, I think he's more of a zone guy, though. Um, I think that there are a couple decent South Carolina cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, just for now, I think I'm going to say, uh, I will say, I think their first pick in this draft, and I'm predicting it's going to be later in the first round, I think it's going to be Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa. I just think his size, speed, and smarts combination is something that the Patriots just can't pass up, and, and, and it fits what they do. He would be a natural successor to Dante Hightower, very similar player, a little bit bigger. Um, you know, but he's almost like a I would I would term Collins almost like a if you put Dante Hightower and Jamie Collins together, um, he would be sort of uh, the experiment that came out of that um, because he can be he could be a dynamic playmaker. He could be solid in the middle. Um, you know, and one thing I do want people to keep in mind, and I will as I'm going through this and come to my ultimate pick for the Patriots, but remember, the bottom line is usually in the first round, the Patriots go for rock solid, going to be a 10-year pro. So look for those guys. Don't necessarily look for the, you know, the most talented guy or the highest ceiling and stuff like that. Who's the guy who checks all the boxes that is the the least bustable for them and and look for those guys. This is going to be a boring pick. I warn people right now. But the <laughs> Patriots do boring. Yeah, based off of what we think is going to happen. Listen, I, I did a mock draft this morning, if you want to check it out, at Nick C Radio on Twitter. There you go. Radio. Uh, I had the Patriots moving up to get Justin Fields. That was based off of pro football focus, allowing me to trade only the 96th pick to move up to seven. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was an absolute no-brainer uh, to, to swap picks and trade 96 to move up and get Fields. But I, I do think, like we said, I think they moved down. Tevin Jenkins, uh, an offensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, I think something like that, you know, Darasaw is kind of, yeah, a, I like Darasaw. 
Yeah, a I lot like of him. people a lot of people like him. I know I think Daniel Jeremiah has him ranked somewhere in the 30s. Uh, but a lot mm. of people think he's, you know, one of the better tackle prospects. Obviously, Sewell and Slater are well gone. I think the Pats move back. I think they can move back twice and pick yep. up additional picks and handle that gap that they have between, you know, 46 and 96 or whatever it is. And, you know, you make a couple of deals down and you still get a starting tackle. You give yourself insurance with Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown. So I'll go with, you know, just throw it up against the wall, a trade back, if not two trades back and uh, selecting Tevin Jenkins offensive tackle. All right. Who is the, who is a quarterback? Who is the quarterback, Greg, if the Patriots pick a quarterback in this draft? I think for them, if I had to wager, I think it's between Kellen Mond and Davis Mills from Stanford. <laughs> I, I, I still you and I are thinking a lot like alike today. Yeah, I, I still do not think that Kyle Trask is their type of quarterback. I know he's a uh, he's a favored son of the Draftnik community and things like that. I just don't see it in my conversations over the past 24, 48 hours have almost have only uh, emboldened me to think that Trask is not their type of guy. I think it's either Mond or Mills. I'm fine with either guy. I mean, I prefer Mond because I think, I think he's got a chance if with the right coaching to be special. Talk about a guy who I think remind who reminds me of Dak Prescott. It's, it's uh, it's Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. Um, if I had to guess, I'll say Mond, but I would not be surprised if it's Mills. I've got it Mills. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. got Davis Mills just because, you know, when you look at local guys have talked about Mills. You have talked about Mills. Uh, Jim McBride at the Globe actually had the Patriots drafting Mills in the first round. I think it was at 29. I think he has him moving back with Green Bay, and he has him picking Mills late in the first round. Uh, Evan Lazar has also kind of mentioned Mills as a fit. I think Phil Perry has also mentioned him and mentioned him as like mm-hmm. a, one of those fits. Uh, he's a project he has, though. Bit of yeah, a project. He has, he's played what? 11 games at Stanford. I think it is. He hasn't played yeah. a lot of games, but you know, when you look nationally, nobody's talking about the Patriots and Davis Mills. We've heard about them doing a lot of homework mm-hmm. on Kyle Trask. We've heard all yep. the Lance stuff and the field stuff and the Jones stuff. We've even heard a little bit of the Kellen Mond stuff. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard a heck of a lot about Davis Bills. And I, I just feel like that's the Patriots. You know, if, if we go back how they do business, the stealth move is to, yes, draft a quarterback, and that quarterback would end up being Davis Mills, the guy that nobody really was talking about on a national mm-hmm. level. Let's get to the uh, bostonsportsjournal.com member question of the day. $39.99 on BSJ's annual plan. Of course, you get all the breakdowns of Boston Pro Sports. Corrales is fantastic with the Celtics. Connor with the Bruins. Greg with the Patriots. Just great work over at BSJ. And you get access to a ton of video analysis that Bedard does on the coaches' film and direct access to him in weekly chats. A bunch of members, Greg, apparently, have asked you why you did not list LSU's Jabril Cox at linebacker. Tell the people why. Yeah. Um, my first answer is, um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't, he, <laughs> I don't know. He, in my research, he didn't really come up. Um, you know, I, I do talk to some people. Sometimes I just go through different lists of guys I respect, like, um, you know, Bob McGinn and some other people that sort of give me an indication. You give me a starting point and then I sort then I'll watch film on guys. Um, not a lot, uh, depending on quarterbacks. I watched a lot. 
Um, the other positions I sort of skip through and see what I need to see or not see. And Cox didn't really come up. Now, in hindsight, these people brought up his name. I looked. Uh, this is a guy who transferred from South Dakota or North Dakota State to LSU. Um, really good athlete. I think he tested really well. That's great. Um, I know everybody gets infatuated with the Patriots and how they tested in three cones. And that's great. I mean, you know, there are certainly you can come up with formulas that that will give you an indication of uh, because the Patriots have such a long history. And this is something that I did back when I was at the Boston Globe. One of the things that I started was we had a Patriots draft database with all the different uh, testing that I could get a hold on. And you come up with a profile of each position. This is something we did way back in the day. Um, that was very popular and you could certainly do that. Um, I don't really care. I don't really care about predicting what the Patriots are going to do, especially if the, if, if the player's a crappy player, like I'm just trying to find good players for the Patriots and Cox. I have not watched any film on him, but the, the read I have on him is that he's sort of a linebacker safety tweener. And when I list linebackers for the Patriots, I'm listing linebackers because if the Patriots go sub, they just go with safeties. That's what they do. They put a bunch of safeties on the field and they already have Kyle Duggar. So I'm not looking for a glorified safety at linebacker. I'm looking for a real linebacker. So I'm looking at guys like Micah Parsons and um, Zayvon Collins. Zaven Collins and also uh, Jameen Davis, the kid from Kentucky, who I think is tremendous and gives me Darius Leonard vibes, who I wanted the Patriots to take in 2018, and they took Sony Michelle instead. And now he's an all-pro linebacker. Um, so I'm looking for guys that can play linebacker for the Patriots. Could Jabril Cox do that and add weight and things like that? Yeah, he could. But I think he's a projection, so I just didn't list him. I see him as a glorified safety. The Patriots have safeties and look for more around 225 pounds. That being said, watch. Jabro Cox will probably be taken by the Patriots in the first round, <laughs> um, you know, knowing my luck. So, you know, good on you guys. I will say this. Uh, I, I like the Zayvon Collins idea just because, you know, to see 6'5", 250, 260 fly around the field like that dude does is, I mean, it's bananas. It, it, he had like a pick six, I think it was this year at some point, and – like 70, 80 yards. I just, I mean, the guy is when you talk about size and athletic and uh, mm -hmm. he's just put him with Duggar out there and man, oh man, that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yep. This was a draft day nugget palooza, a lot going <laughs> on, a lot probably going to go on after we're done with this. It's not our fault. We had to record this puppy when we had to record this puppy. Hopefully most of this information is good up until draft time. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I did a hell of a lot, Greg, with a lot of information. Everybody enjoy your draft night. Of course, we will have reaction to draft night as well coming up soon. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattle.